right, welcome to the Musicians Insider. I'm Cronus. This is another episode. This week we've got Sherry Chung, an amazing musician, composer, uh, person in the movie industry who's going to tell us all about her. But I was looking at your history and I see that not only are you here to talk to me about Gremlins, which I'm very excited about, but you've done stuff, the Nancy Drew, Hidden Staircase and Riverdale. You worked on Riverdale season three now. I watched the first few of those and um, it was weird when when Luke Perry passed away. That was rough. Um, and I haven't gone back to it since then, so I didn't know they were doing it season three. So I'd like to hear all about that stuff. And then there's a red line. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, this is the Musicians Insider. And what I usually do is I like to hear how you've gotten where you've gotten and maybe some advice for my my listeners. And just tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on with Sherry. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much for having me, Aaron. I, I know Musicians Insider and I just I love it. So I'm just like super happy to be here and join the join the ranks of the the honored in interviewees interview interviewees yeah <laughs> um, guests. yeah yes um quick correct correction though riverdale is now going into its seventh and final season <laughs> and the update i read was old yeah probably so yeah um yeah like i guess clearly several years old four years old <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, um, as you've already mentioned, I, I write for TV and film, write music for TV and film. And um, yeah, those are all the great, some of the great projects that I've done. Um, do, I guess if we start with where, how I got started, I guess, maybe. Um, yeah, tell me, tell me your story. We've got half an hour or so, maybe a bit longer, however long we want. Yeah. So tell me your story. <laughs> how did you get to where you are? Yeah, okay, so I, I was definitely one of those kids. I always say this, I was one of those kids where I, I wanted to do music, I wanted to do piano. I was classically trained since age five because I wanted to do that. Then I saw this movie, a little movie called Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. What's <laughs> her? And this um, just incredible score by Michael Kamen and I, you know, I had grown up with in music, I was studying music, but I had never heard music like that. And I had, of course, I'd seen movies before, but nothing had really moved me until that. I was like, what is that wizardry? I want to do that. And I was maybe 12, 13, something, something around there. And my parents are like, well, that's nice. That's nice, Sherry, you know? So, so, and again, what do you do at 12 or 13? You just, and, so you and where just, were you at this time? What part of the country were you in or what kind of I was, Yeah, I, so I, I was born and raised in, well, kind of everywhere from I was born in New York, but I was raised all over like the northeast coast of the of the states. So Maine, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, a little bit of New York. I thought Maine, as soon as you said that, I thought Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And so you know, again, nowhere near LA. I mean, nowhere near Los Angeles. Nowhere near where at the time people are making, you know, movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So, um, so it was. It seemed as far fetched as you know wanting to be an astronaut you know it just I might as well have just chosen just anything that that would be really really difficult like kind of a really fine needle to thread you know and again at that time there you know there wasn't hate to be like you know back in my day but it's true that, that the internet wasn't then what it is now you know there was no way to just jump on and google search or youtube videos or anything like that it was just well, I'm going to keep continue to study music and then I'm going to learn about schools where I can learn composition and theory, which is which is the route that I did end up going. 
Um, so when I did do my undergrad, um, I wanted to go to Berkeley in Boston. I got in, but I couldn't afford it. Oh, so wow. I decided to go. Yeah, it was a bummer, but I think it worked out. I'm hoping. <laughs> um, so I did end up going to Jacksonville University in Jacksonville, Florida. At the time, they had a really fantastic and perhaps still do a really fantastic composition program. And so I went there and studied piano and composition and theory and then got myself out to L.A., with like a seven year gap in there because I, I discovered the University of Southern California's graduate program for film scoring and television things and all the rest of it. And I'm just like, I wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like I was good enough to get in. And I don't mean that as self-deprecating way. I just literally mean that as I wasn't ready for that program when I graduated and did my undergrad. So I took some time to study, taught a lot of piano lessons, did a lot of, um, you know, smaller, whatever films might have been being made in, in Jacksonville, Florida at the time, I tried to do them. Came out here finally to, uh, did apply to the University of Southern California's program, graduate program, got in, went to it. My first assistant job, actually my only assistant job was with Walter Murphy, who writes for Family Guy and American Dad. And um, I didn't get to write for him, which was totally fine. I was, it was a part-time thing. I got to do assistant work. I did some orchestration work for him. I got to see how he worked with musicians, live musicians every single week at the Fox scoring stage. And just, you know, you know, he kind of became a little bit of my mentor in, in a lot of ways. At the same time, I was also, um, I had also met Blake Neely, who does a lot of um, also films, but a lot of television, a lot of episodic and stayed on his radar until one day he said, well, actually, we, we tried to work together on some things. I, I became his vocalist. We tried to pitch together on some shows. Um, we wrote some songs together. And then he started a, a show called Supergirl on the CW and also started three other shows that year and said, I need to build a team. Would you come and help me design, help me design the sound, part of the sound of Supergirl, of that show? And I was sort of tasked with designing the, the human side of Supergirl, sort of the 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 Clark Kent to the Superman, this was Kara to Supergirl. That's and cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really cool. And, and you know, if you're and all the composers out there who might be listening or getting into this field, that was like the golden ticket. You know, oftentimes in this field, it's kind of like an apprenticeship. There's there's many ways to break into the field, but one of the ways is is a, sort of an apprenticeship, if, if you will. And so that was kind of what I consider Blake, you know, was a, a mentor to me. I did, like I said, additional, additional writing for him and then from there and, and again i still worked on my own projects he's got a slew of his own projects but we had uh, several collaborations together you mentioned the red line we did batwoman together um blind spot riverdale um these are all ones that that you know we we, we started together they, they started sometimes some of them actually started out as his shows and his projects he was much more further along in his career than i was and still am and so he just he brought me in for some of those projects and then from there i just kind of continued building my own um you know repertoire of my own projects um so yeah that's and your skill set and your experience and your networking 100 percent, totally i feel for you like moving to los angeles is one thing but then spending like a decade there and just having like people you know that can do certain things and you're reliable it, it's it's just how you do it and it's just a matter of immersing yourself in that world so very cool yeah. Um, yeah. let's keep, let's hear, tell me more. So then what? <laughs> um, well, so gosh, I, um, I, I would say that my first solo epis episodic, you know, I I'd had some, again, I had many, you know, smaller projects, but that probably no one was going to hear about, which is totally fine. I think those are, those are still really important. You're cutting your teeth at your site. You're, you're learning, you're growing, you're, 
you're figuring out how you want to do things and, and you're still, and I always think of it as like working in your league and working above your league or out of your league. So in, in your league or, you know, I don't want to say levels, if you will, but just again, in your league are the things that, you know, the, the, the projects that I'm going to get on my own, my own network, um, word of mouth, people, Hey, I know you. And you know, they're probably going to be the lower budget projects. The, the ones that are that, you know, they, there's newer filmmakers, newer, um, you know, newer producers. And so you kind of team up with them and you, you know, you're getting real scrappy at this point, you know, like you're doing everything you can. And then if you have the opportunity to work what I call out of out of your league, you know, in the sense of where, you know, I, again, I worked for Walter and, and I and I did some writing for Blake. And these are people that are further along in their careers. I'm learning from them. I'm writing at a higher level than I probably would be writing with my own projects, uh, not because I don't want to just because it's just it's a lot that the time constraints are more demanding the, the 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 level is just all all around more demanding and so you're learning again how they're working in their business and even down to things like organization how are they organizing their files how are they you know what's their what's their naming convention how are their how are their rigs kind of set up i mean all these things you you sort of learn and you adapt and you pull things in that work for you you're applying it in your league and then, you know, it, it's in that, so it's, again, it's a learning and growing kind of, kind of thing in tandem. And then so you're passing it on to the people that you are mentorshipping as, a, as you go, because you're now yeah. hiring people, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've got two full-time assistants that are, that, you know, I couldn't get by without them. They're amazing. And I've got some people that help me do some uh, additional writing as well for, you know, when I, when I, when I can't handle all of the work, when it kind of comes a little bit you know, when, when schedules don't align, or I should say maybe they do align in, in a way that it's that it becomes a little bit of a train wreck in some ways. So I got, um, so I was working on Blindspot and, and Riverdale, and then I got um, uh, my first studio film, Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase with a really amazing director, Kat Shea, she's wonderful. And um, just had my first chance to kind of, you know, flex a little bit in the studio world setting studio setting and and it was it was a really fantastic experience and and just you know a fun a fun film and had a great had a great run with that and then because I'm an old of the so i know about the nancy Drew series because she would read them and tell me about them so i just yeah. thought that okay. no see and my my mom and my, the hardy boys. <laughs> yeah, my mom was into the hardy boys and a little bit of nancy drew as well so i but I kind of grew up on Babysitter's Club, like, you know, the Babysitter's Club books. Well, if you if you had your sister, that, like, you're, you're I didn't sure. read that stuff, but like, and she read Judy Bloom and all that stuff. So, I mean, like, there was yeah. a lot of that going on. And actually, yeah, yeah. there's a new movie about her that just came out. I heard it on NPR. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a lot of stuff about that. It's very pop culture-y. It is. And I think we're, we're in this place where we're doing all this, like, throwback stuff. So... You know, I shouldn't say throwback, but it's like, you know, I think there is a level of nostalgia. I mean, there's a level of recycling that I think we're doing, you know, all the time anyway. You know, just just styles come back in, you know, clothing styles come back and, you know, movie styles, I think. And then, you know, people just love that. I love that, like nostalgia. Um, I'm all about bringing back the 90s, 80s and 90s. Let's bring it back. <laughs> you know, it feels it somehow feels like a safer time, which I think you know, maybe everybody feels that way 20 years earlier, you know what I'm saying? Everyone feels 20 years ago or 30 years ago felt safer, you know, as we get older, it just, it, it's the same thing. But, um, but anyway, so I got my first solo credit episodic ep ep uh, show with, um, technically it was Gremlin, Secrets of the Mogwai, but then it didn't actually, I didn't actually work on it and start it until after another show that I got called Kung Fu, which is also on the CW. So that one was a really fun experience that ran three seasons. It just got, it just got, it just ended officially. Um, I think I know one of the girls on the Kung Fu show, um, actually just randomly from LA. Um, 
That's interesting. Olivia, there's Olivia Liang. She's the lead. Shannon Dang. Shannon. I know Shannon. Shannon. Oh, she's so great. I got the uh, just the joy of meeting most of the she's cast. Like the nicest person you know, you can ever meet. They, she is, and they they all are. They're just incredible. And I don't you know, know any other ones. Obviously, on obviously as a composer, you know, we're generally not going onto sets and really spending time with actors. And yes, there's occasionally of like, hey, I want to visit the set and just kind of get the vibe and the flow. It's helped me. It helps me research my own for my own process. But generally, composers are not doing that. But that's what I was I, wondering. But since you're in LA, it might you might be because LA is cool. Well, well, it's true. But they they actually film up in Vancouver, so I mean, it's it's right. Crazy. They do. But, yep. Well, it's social media. It's the beauty of social media. And I and I was able to, I just kind of started tweeting at them. And I was like, this is your theme. This is your theme. You know, and they and they were such a such a special group. And I did hear that I actually I did actually hear that they were like a like a really tight knit group of of actors. And it was just a really special production. On, just on like side. a great, great, great bunch of people doing it right. And it just looks like a good success story all around. I don't watch really much of that stuff so much. I, I really haven't had much time for anything. Just yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah. And sorry, this is season two. And I was hoping to do season three live, but I think I'm going to keep it editing it because I like being able to add all the stuff. Like if there's anything you want to promote, like your website or any other things like that, um, I'll put them below here. Like you just tell tell me to put it below and then you send it to me later and we'll we'll put it below. Oh, cool. That's <laughs> awesome. No, it's not like hugely exciting. Uh, so what's exciting you these days anyway? And we'll continue on with your story in order if you want, however you like. Yeah, I've, I've gosh, I don't even know if it's that interesting anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, what's exciting me is I I will tell you, I will say this that and anyone who does content like like we're doing where you work so hard in your bubble, but yet nothing we don't have any control about when something airs when something right. is released to the public and so I feel like I had my head down really hard for like three years and nothing new was really coming out. There were subsequent seasons of Kung Fu and Riverdale, which was really great and very exciting, but in terms of all the other things, so I. As we know, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, the first season. And I can't wait for people to see the finale of the first season. It's, it's something that I, I've never worked on a project for such a long time without it being out in the world. <laughs> and all, the, all the animators and the, and, the, and the filmmakers said the same thing. They're just like, I've, they've all worked on it for five years. I worked on it for three. And it was like, wow. I mean, it, it's, and animation does take a while, but it was just because of industry mergers there was that you know there was all kinds of studio things that were going on that i think they wanted to wait is, and then is there a prerequisite of watching gremlins to watch the show no no i don't believe so in fact i think that a lot of parents now who were fa who were fans of the original gremlins are using it to get their kids into gremlins um but i warn i warn the parents it's dark it is we are not shying away from from all of the emotions. And it's the Amblin way. If you think about it, it's the Amblin way. And I just had um, Pat on who did the music for Dexter New Blood. Okay, awesome. And, and to, like, cause that's definitely dark. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of dark, that's what made me think. Yeah, no, seriously. And, and I love it. I love it. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's important. Again, it's the Amblin way to, to experience all the emotions, not just the, the the mushy heartfelt emo type of things but i mean fear guilt um and, sense, sense of duty sense of the doing the right thing so for the musicians like like myself i'm a musician but i'm not a a film score composer like i'm like i'd rather they take my song how i wrote it and use it in the show they can have all the tracks and they can remove the vocals and they can have just the bass going or whatever that's fine but i'm not going to change the writing of something for a, a show unless they're paying me a lot obviously but 
I also am not interested really in scoring something so much. I, I leave that to you guys. And like my buddy, I just saw down at the dock jamming. He's one of the scoring guys in town. It's great to see our friends out playing in the, in the city as well as doing all that all the time. But yeah. for, for those people who want to do that, so it's like, what's a way to really get into that maybe? Any advice for people on if they want to start doing that? Like, so they want to start doing it. They live in Canada. What do they do to start working with real TV producers in, in Canada and in the U.S.? But like, what are they, where are those, where's the beginning point? Because for music supervisors, you have to find their group and submit stuff to them and try to break into that to get music heard. But for for film and for composing, where do you start, right? Yeah, I mean, it, what's not, what's great now is that they're every everywhere they're making film and TV. I mean, Canada especially. I mean, gosh, seriously, it, it's a it's a there's a whole booming booming thing out there. So that's the good news. I mean, the, you know, I do think that that. I, I look it because it's my direction. It's because it's my path. I always say like, educate yourself, educate, go to school for it. Now there's programs and you, you don't even have to put yourself through like college per se to do it, but there's programs you can take courses you can take and kind of, and, and when you, when you take them, then, then you, at least you can, you can team up with filmmaker students, student filmmakers, and you can team up with, with those people trying to also tell their, their stories and break into the field. You can rise together, hopefully. Um, you know, it's it, and I, I will say that you just look. It's easy to say just get out there and do it. Okay, sure. But it, I would say, especially for this, and I mean this in an encouraging way. You have to want it. If you, it, it depends what your your definition of success is. If you want to like, oh yeah, I want to do like Game of Thrones type of stuff. Well, get in line, <laughs> get in line, take a number, get in line, and and it's gonna take a while because it takes a, it takes a while. If you want to do this seriously as a as a career, it takes a long time. It takes some time, I should say. It takes time to season as a composer. It takes time to see because I, I think of it in in I think of it this way. I am for I am first and foremost a composer. I write music, then I am a film composer, and I feel like those are two different skill sets. I think that the uh, the art and the craft of being a film composer is actually different. I'm not saying it's more, better, harder. I'm just saying it, you got, you got to tell a story with the songs. If you don't understand that you're doing that, you're not just throwing like sure you can make a killer soundtrack for Donnie Darko by picking great music, but if you know where to put the songs in the movie and how to do them with the shots and have it all planned out, it's such a different vibe. Well, yeah, and it's and it, again, this is this we're not I'm not curating, I'm creating. Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm not putting a playlist together to to like, oh yeah, or it doesn't sh it doesn't sit on the shelf somewhere. Now we already know that because, and all of your listeners know that because we're all making music, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, people will tell you, compo composers or film composers will tell you that it so much of it is not about the music that you're writing. It's about your people skills. It's about your ability to read the room. It's about your ability to take a back seat and take your like and take your ego with you to the back seat, you know, and say that this is we are we are working towards something different here. This is, you know, it's it's your ability to interpret, you know, when notes, when when people say, gosh, I just, I don't know, this just, this feels, this feels too. So you need uh, to convey emotion with product. Like you, yeah, you, got yeah. a person, you got a client asking you, how can we make this scene really tell this story right? And you're like, well, and you write something that does that. And if, if you can't explain it, you just have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tricky. It's it's really tricky. And then your ability to just to say, oh, that didn't work for you. You thought that was funny when clearly I did. You know, it wasn't meant to be funny. If it's funny to them, it's funny. And it's almost like taking direction as an actor because you're 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 going to show them 
what you can do. And then they're going to say, well, do it more like this. And then how you interpret that with the director or the sound person that's the music supervisor is asking you, right. how do you come back to them with that? Like an actor, do they just change what they're doing in the next scene a different way? To You got to watch how you do that stuff with the continuity. And so it's interesting to like compare it to acting in that sense. It really is. And, and, and I always, always tell like filmmakers when they ever ask like, hey, how is, you know, is there anything helpful, like newer filmmakers, is there anything helpful that we can know about, about your craft? And I say, you know what, talk to us like, talk to us like the talent, talk to us like you would speak to the talent, you know, because, because one little thing can shut us down too. You know, we, again, we're, we're going deep in here and coming out and, and, and we're just like actors. It didn't work for you. Cool. Try something else. Cool. Try something else. You know, this is, it's just, don't take it personally. A lot of people don't realize how like guys like Harrison Ford or like Al Pacino have been on set and they go like, do it again, do it again. They do like 10, 10 times the same scene because they want to get a bunch of different takes that are close enough, but they also want to give the actor like a chance to experiment a little bit here and there. And, yeah. you know, you can't always just be completely on script. You have to be ready for that um, interpretation and and taking direction. Absolutely. So. Totally. I think, but I think really thinking about how you take direction audio wise is interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. But again, I mean, again, if you if people wanting to get into it, educate yourself, do the things, educate yourself as a composer, you know, because these are your tools. So, so it's like if you, yeah, educating yourself. So when you said earlier, the first thing that came to my mind was go to conferences, go to everything you can, because going to school is expensive, but going to a conference is a one time expense and maybe a trip. And like, I go to NAM, the NAM show for musicians in Anaheim as much as I can. And that's mm -hmm. how I got endorsed by everybody. I'm endorsed by everyone and I don't have a rocking career yet, you know? So it's because I go to the companies I want, show them what I'm doing and they go, wow, you're good. You're not famous, but you're good enough that you could go tour and it would work. So like by just meeting the people in the industry, you yes. know, and I was thinking about the, for example, I do gaming stuff and I'm like, well, why don't I consider moving into the gaming industry a little bit? What would that take? And there's a thing called BlizzCon and you'd go to that and meet all the people from Blizzard games and maybe you can write music for games. So like, there's like, go to conferences of the things you do. I, I'm a search engine. Ex like I started as an SEO director in California for the last decade. I would go to something called Webmaster World in Vegas or PubCon every year and mm -hmm. speak to people about search engine optimization, YouTube stuff. And now it's all about social media and TikTok. And now it's about AI. So chat GPT yeah. is writing all my social media and SEO posts and, and, and optimizing them before we post them. So there you go. Right. And so you a writer that doesn't like AI, you can use it for your, for your media. What were you going to say? I said, that's scary, but I, I, but I, I'm, cause I'm trying to figure out ways, like what's the way that it's not going to like scare me, you know, but, but maybe something like that. Just, well, do, I just you, don't do you use it? Mm -mm. Okay. Go to chat.openai.com. Log in with your Google. That's it. Then be like, hey, give me 10 summaries of this article that I wrote that I can post about on Instagram. And then you just take those summaries and you just put them on Instagram and that's your social media. Okay, so it can help me with social media. All right, this is good, I like it. <laughs> and, and say you wanna do 10 tweets or you wanna write a tweet every day for the next 30 days about your upcoming things. Dear ChatGPT, just, just open ChatGPT and simply write, here are the three things that are my projects I'm working on. Please create, three weeks of tweets starting Monday to Friday and do some for the weekends as well. And then output it in table format, act as my social expert. Thank you very much. And hit enter and it'll just do it. And, it, and it's, if you don't like what it said, do it again, but don't put my name here, but don't put social media handles with this or include these hashtags and it'll just keep doing it for you. 
Wow, that's crazy. It's easy. Like I could do it in another window here for you, but we'll we'll have another talk about that sometime. But um, <laughs> feel free to reach out if you want any help on that. Yeah, thanks. I'm also technology is your friend. Like I do some editing for fr for people for um, video stuff, and this is some advice for my listeners as well. I had a friend who has a bunch of videos they need edited, and we're trying to figure out. Well, he's in Texas, I'm in Canada. What's the way to do it? So Dropbox, Google Sheets make a column you put the file urls in one column for dropbox just saying these are the the unedited raw videos and then you have another column saying this is where you put the completed videos and here's a link to the folder and you literally just have it highlighted in red when it's not done and then when they're done you put them green and you just work you share the doc one guy's editing it one guy's inputting the raw videos and then they can go back and give you comments in there and you can work offline like you're online yeah. but you're not online at the same time it's true and this and 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 the same thing with people trying to get involved it's like this technology your technology is totally your friend and now nowadays it's even easier to kind of get into this field but yeah listening to podcasts listening to your pod you know it's like all the different like like that's how people can educate themselves and just and also as you said before like facetime facetime's really important people want like when you meet somebody in person you, you because again when you think well, about if i was at a conference and ran into you now i know you and that doesn't mean yeah. anything but it does mean something you know what I mean? Because I know a lot yeah. of people you wouldn't know because they were different. I'm in music more on, on, on the yeah. rock side and you're more in the film side. So it's kind of neat. Um, and, yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms of like whether, you know, you're, you're trying to get a job or you're trying to say, hey, I, I write music and I see that you work, you do films. And, you know, if you ever need a composer, I'm, I'm here for you. People, you know, people, no one wants to be stuck in the trenches with like a jerk. You know what I'm saying? So it would be yeah. so so when they meet you in person and they say, you know what, I actually totally jive with that person. Let's go grab coffee or let's talk on the phone or let's get a hop on a Zoom. And then you, you know, then then a lot again, so a lot of relationships build that way. And by the way, they might not even heard your music at this point. They just like you. They just right. like you. And and, and the, what you're saying is so right on the like, you know, when you meet people, if they like you or not, it's such a good vibe. You're like, oh, I could work with that person, even if you just all try to work with that person. I want to enjoy working with someone like it's being in the trenches with that person a lot. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, and I started the podcast just like to do more networking, you know, and, and I can actually like ask the questions that I want to ask for me. I can say, hey, I, I have a song. I don't want to like write for you, but how do I submit finished songs to supervisors? And then I learned that music supervisors like to be the ones that do the curating. They don't want to be given a song and told what movie to put it in. So you mm -hmm. have to meet them and schmooze them and have them just find you. It's sort of weird. Yeah. And they, I mean, yeah, it, it, again, staying on people's radar, staying in people's minds, staying and be like, oh, that, oh, I know that name. Oh, that's cool. Because we, because they'll, they'll think of you and then they'll, when they have a project. So it's like, they've got a project and it's like, oh, I remember that. I remember Sherry, that she was, she did that track. Let me look at it. Oh yeah, there it is. You know, I mean, it's, or it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, a, it's all about staying on people's radar, but, but not overstepping your bounds. You know, I mean, again, it's like reading the room. Like you don't want to stalk somebody. You don't want to like annoy them because that you meet some people in like a public sort of forum thing, but you're one of the panelists. And then as soon as you're done, you got one person just continuously asking about this problem that they have, that is something they could have solved without you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, you're just like, I'm that not can't gonna... break into the industry because of you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they shouldn't have badgered the <laughs> Well, some people, they just badger everyone at everything the whole time. It's interesting to see those people. And then you see them like two years later, they've sort of learned to calm down, but they're still doing it. You're like, yeah, man, someday. I know. <laughs> like, Am I like doing that too? Do I do this to people? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. 
Um, do do you take part in any conferences or do any panels or things like that ever? Have you ever gotten into that side of networking a bit? Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna I've been on some panels at Comic Con. I'm actually down at Comic Con awesome. this year. I'm doing two panels um, on Thursday, July twentieth. That's awesome. I, I have so many friends that would die to go to Comic Con, especially from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a thing. I I don't go to Comic Con unless I'm on a panel because it's just a, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of people, but it's really cool, honestly, when you meet fans or when you meet even if it's, even if it's not fans of like what let's say what I've done I mean it's very cool to meet fans of stuff that I that I've of shows that I've worked on um but I, but it's even just too cool to see diehard fans of like anything that I'm like oh that that, that costume's hilarious that's really I, smart I had a cosplay roommate and she's really good um at doing like what was she doing the what do you call the clown with the pigtails I forget her name but pray uh uh ah Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah, I had a friend who would do that. And also, so then they'd all come over to our house and get all ready for it and go to Comic-Con. So I'd sort of see it from that angle. And they all had yeah. fans. They had all their, because they got hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and stuff. So it's really funny to see yeah. like, that happening from another angle. Um, yeah, I was in LA for a while. So back in Canada, it's actually yeah. so hot here today. It's insane. Our, like, I, our pool is hot. Everything's hot. It's hot. It's like LA but it's well, LA, gosh it's only yeah we can't we i mean look i i'm gonna enjoy the cooler weather before it gets crazy again but it, we've had some pretty cool like yeah you guys us. you guys have had i left in 2020 when the pandemic hit in march i left la after 13 years and now i'm back in canada and the weather has changed like while i left like apparently la is not like June gloom turned into like massive mudslides and rain or something and all through January and February. I'm like, geez, I, I left and it's better here now. I know. I know. It's so true. Everyone's like, you're gonna go back to LA. I'm like, I'm gonna Airbnb for a month, but I'm not moving back there. Forget that. Yeah. So. I, I felt I feel like I've I I mean that's something else too. I always I when I came when I came to town and I saw when I came to LA and I saw the Hollywood sign for the first time, I was just like floored and blown away. And it's it's kind of my barometer. It's my barometer to say like if if I if ever I see the sign driving or whatever and, and I, you don't I feel a certain I, way. Yeah, if I if I roll my eyes or if I get like an icky feeling and I'm like, oh, time to go. Time to go. But it still holds that magic for me. It's Hollywood. It still holds it. I, I still... used to hang out a lot in the in Franklin Village, actually, Beechwood Canyon area. I love that spot. It's so good. Yeah. I just moved out of that area to like Universal Hills area too. So that's the last cool. spot I was at was um what do you call it? Like the Hollywood Hills in Sherman Oaks, kind of by um Yeah. Mulholland Drive, but I was like up just in a bit off Mulholland. It was awesome. And we would go to the rainbow all the time. And then we'd hit you can go one way down the mountain to go to the to Hollywood or you can go the other way and go to Ventura Boulevard and have breakfast. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. That's really great. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, LA, if, if I left, I probably wouldn't, if, if I left, I'd be done. I think I would be, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get back there someday. You ever do Burning Man? No, have not yet. We run the skateboard camp there, a bunch of our friends. Um, I haven't been in three years because of the pandemic, and I'm kind of missing it. But, uh, so next, next weekend, I'm going to the Tottenham, Ontario, Canada, Bluegrass Festival. Nice. And it's apparently amazing. And I have, I have family in in ottawa in ottawa and ontario i'm 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 i have dual citizenship actually with canada so or canadian, canadian so ottawa is actually about four and a half hours 
from here, but I used to live in Ottawa and work at Nortel way back in the day. So I had a band in Ottawa and we were one of the biggest bands called Thermocline. We, and we had a video on much music and stuff. And we played with like Edwin and some other big bands down there and we have Matthew Good and stuff back in the day. So we had a fun time in Ottawa. Ottawa was good to me, but the weather sucks and all the bands always skip Ottawa. (laughs) on their tour so I was like I won't skip Ottawa if I ever make it but because it'll be that's awesome Barrymore's music hall 80 nights but so back to some you know musicians insider stuff like a little bit more for for my audience a little bit just if you have any maybe some tips or parting advice for them like we're gonna we'll wrap it up soon here I think but um anything that you think might be helpful or any just some you know just some little tidbits or anything I'd love to hear yeah I mean honestly like you know, if you're going to be, if you're, if you want to get in the business, just don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. This is a service industry. It, it is. It's a service industry, but it does. It doesn't mean you don't get to have an opinion or a point of view. It just means, you know, you are working with people. You are creating music for, you know, for, for something else that is not your own, you know, passion project. You can have your passion project and you should have your passion project. And it's not, it's not your TV show or your film, you know, that's their passion project. So it's kind of like, you know, just it's, but, but it's, it's a, it's a incredibly fulfilling industry. I feel like it's incredibly fulfilling job. I, I, especially on gremlins, I have really felt this way. I'm just like, wow, what amazing people. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just, you know, again, learn, learn your craft, which is writing music, working with instruments, live instruments, working with instrumentalists, working with musicians, working with people, and and you know as well as reading scenes and and working with you know within within parameters of what the job is because the parameters is i should say the industry is really all about the job i should say is really all about there's a lot of parameters there's a lot of constraints there's a lot of rules you know time constraints budget constraints you know it's not it's 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 there is work involved there's art and there's craft and i would say you know learn both know it love it and if you can imagine yourself being happier doing anything else go and do that (laughs) you know because because i would say the other thing too is that this this job is this career is there's no destination it is only about the journey and you can say that about life in general of course but you can't make you know winning awards you know winning the hardware you can't you can't you can't can't chase the one grammy yeah, you, you, you can't do that. I mean, it's it's not that's that's not in your control. There's a lot of things that are in your certainly in your influence and in your control, but winning awards and having having accolades, getting the accolades, even, you know, that's not in your control. So it has to be about the, the journey. I really love what you're saying here. And I want to say, like, on top of that, to build on this a little bit, I think it's very, very interesting, like to think about how advice is like socially is more important than technical or or or, or artistic ability in this point. You need to be be nice to everyone and not fake not fake nice be genuinely interested in what people are saying to you or don't talk to them and then do the work that you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it learn the parameters be on time due diligence learn other ways to do it humble be humble i mean this is this there's always going to be people that have that have been there before you and are coming after you who are better than you who are not as good who are going to be all those things i mean everyone's all in their different stages and i i say this it's so funny that i well i heard it somewhere but um you know, out here in Hollywood, there's no rules, but don't break any of them. But you gave me an idea of, of, of a course we should write together and sell. 
called how to prepare yourself for Hollywood. And you just, it's the beginning where it says, just be nice to everyone. We don't care about how good you are at your instrument. Be not, learn how to interact with people. Learn how to not just tell them everything you're doing. Keep some secrets up your sleeve where you can play cards later of things you have or names you could drop, but you don't want to. Yeah, you know so-and-so or you live with them. Nobody cares unless they ask you about what that person was able to do and if you can get in touch with them first. Yeah. Like don't and, 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 play your cards too hard. Yeah, and I and I would say like among that, like, you know, being humble, that kind of thing. But also the other thing too is do a really good job with what is in front of you. And because I know it seems so so dumb it seems so silly like i'm just doing this little short indie film or this little commercial it's on spec or just this is like a, you know my my neighbor's bar mitzvah's daughter who i don't know all, all whatever like a home family video or something like that and you know just do a good job with whatever you you have in front of you because i'm telling you it people say oh it's all in who you know it it's it's in who you know, but it's about where they're going too. You know, it's like you never know that the conversation that you had with this person, this person's spouse or partner is actually like, you know, is going to make that film or is going to do that next big project or even a smaller project. Just do a really good job with what's in front of you because word travels in good ways and bad ways. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and again, if doing, doing what's in front of you, it, it's again, and you've got, you got to do it in stages. What I, what I'm going to do in five years, I'm not ready for yet. So you know? like, sometimes people will spend a lot of money on a high-end producer because of what they did. And then they come in the room and they don't do anything. They just let the bands do all the work. So, and like, sometimes like your reputation can precede you, but if you're not doing the hard work, people will know that and they won't hire you again, even if you have done something that blew up, you know? So yeah. even producers and, and, and filmmakers and artists that you can, like, I, I, I find the problem with the music industry is when someone tells you you're great and then asks you for money right after. Oh, you're, your music's really good. Come on over here. And, and it's only two grand for this. It's like, wait a minute. This is a sales pitch. This isn't a your music is good. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I've been told that sometimes. Like, I know my music's good, but it's only good in certain places to certain audiences. Are you that audience? What song did you like? You didn't listen to it. You're trying to sell me something. Like, there's a lot I mean, of... And that that's the that's the difficult thing about doing a career in art in any kind of art if you're gonna do if you're gonna make like for gainful employment because because the value of what we do and produce is is I mean it, it, there's two different values there's the value that that I place on it because I birthed it and I'm like this is good this is this is I feel really proud of this that's the value I place on it but in, in terms of gainful employment that value is is only what someone else says it is you know and that can really. Else devalue or move you up and it, it's out of your control once again and it can be really disheartening so you you got to have your stable and that's what i'm saying like like know know your own worth but but also be aware that that you know your your ego's got to be checked at the door because it's not really about that it's just about what that value is for that person and on that project i mean there's a lot of really amazing talented composers film and tele television television composers out here right now working their butts off but if they just don't have the project that makes it big, then they, you know, I shouldn't say they, we, you know, if, if we don't have a project that really, you know, like stands out, which is getting harder and harder to do since, since streaming has started, there's just so much content. It's getting harder and harder to have a project that stands out, but I don't have any control over whether that project, you know, lands or flops, you know, I have no control over that. I'm, I'm Aaron Cronus. Cronus is a musician, but I have the musician's insider, right? But I'm getting more 
love from my daily walk guy snapchat account than i am from my band stuff because i just walk every day and i basically just tell funny stories about what's going on around me <laughs> i'm like yeah. today's walk starting up i don't know yet we'll see where it ends up because the end of this video could be funny or it could be a surprise or it could be just a boring walk guess you have to stick around yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i watch awesome. i watch d's tiktok at all <clears throat> i don't i do not Okay, so if you ever start to, I just watched a TikTok webinar today on how to use it. And they're just, one of the interesting points from it was um, not for it to be scripted. Like they don't want it scripted. They want it to be a real genuine story, not scripted and, you know, use trends where appropriate. So it's kind of interesting. So I, I like like learning, like, how does it, what's going to be making something viral these days? So that's something I work on a lot and I'm trying to help my audience understand that I am working to learn how to do that better so I can pass information along to them and I think little things like knowing don't do scripted TikTok videos is kind of helpful but yeah it is it's weird because I wasn't like they had this little quiz saying do you think asking us what we think is going to make um for TikTok to be better like just for example what I was I was watching it today and actually filmed the webinar while watching it just so I could watch it back later and they're showing stuff like 71% 71 of the audience, you know, agrees that this, like, I I mean, basically they're saying, what is it that people are, are following? Is it funny videos? Is it learning videos? Or is it trends? It was trends. You know, and I, I, you don't know which one it's going to be until like they're telling you this little thing. But I kind of understood that, you know, like that people are only going to watch things that are entertaining as opposed to funny. Apparently entertaining is the video you want and it has to be non-scripted and just, just to just to go viral what is this the formula everyone's trying to figure out and if you post every single day it doesn't mean you're going to ever go viral either so it's kind of like being right. consistency isn't going to reward you unless you're telling a good message that people share how do you make yeah. something that people want to share so yeah. anyhow out of that world and back into your very <laughs> thank you so much for coming and being thank on my you. program if you ever have anything new going on you want to come back and tell me about it maybe season three you want to come back and give us a little update of what you've been doing since yeah um, i would love to i just real, real quick though i did i did want to say i do have um something that i also did based called based on a true story just came out on peacock with kaylee cuoco and chris messina and tom bateman based on a true story so tell your fans to watch it or check it out or something um that's fun yeah, and then I also have something uh, coming out on uh, Netflix in July, late July, called Happiness for Beginners, which is a really awesome um, little sort of rom-com rom with Ellie Kemper and Luke Grimes as well. It's also coming out. So. so when you say you have these two coming out, you mean you did the music scoring for them or this up all of it or most of it or part of it? How did I did all of it. Yes. Yes. So based on truth. Yes. So I did. The, yeah, I did, wrote, the, wrote the music to all of them. Beautiful. I love I love meeting people who are doing things in the industry, and it's nice because I I'm used to this sort of networking in LA. It's the kind of conversation I might have had somewhere at a networking conference with you or something, and it's like I can still do it now thanks to the technology and the yeah. podcast. So awesome. networking from home. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the the banter, the back and forth, the talk. It's really cool. It's fun. I miss LA, but we'll get out there again. And feel free to you know post anything you have coming and I'll share it uh, on our socials. Once again, uh, this was Sherry Chung on the Musicians Insider. I'm Cronus. Thanks again for coming. We will see you all on the next episode.